Welcome to Crime and Plastic, a gripping podcast where I, Dr. Miami, one of the world's top plastic surgeons, and my co-hosts, Santina and Rosie, delve into the often unseen world where true crime and plastic surgery intersect. Each week, Dr. Miami will share his expertise and insights into the complex world of cosmetic procedures, while Santina and I give you the shocking details of criminal investigations. From notorious criminals undergoing drastic transformations to evade the law, to even our own personal encounters with true crime and plastic surgery, all will be uncovered. So sit back, relax, or or don't, don't, because this is Crime and Plastic. Welcome back, everybody, to Crime and Plastic. How are you, Dr. Miami and San Rizzle? I'm well. I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. Oh, well, now that you've said that, I'm actually fantastically fantastic. You're more fantastic. Yeah. Whatever it is, just know I'm better. (laughs) (laughs) With those arms, I can't argue. Yay. Look at those arms. Yeah, they look... They haven't even worked out a day in their life. <laughs> <laughs> I worked out your arms. She, Yeah, you still keep standing me up for our workouts. Oh. It's very sad. She doesn't need to work out anymore. No, I, I'm working out. I'm just I'm not... skinny too. I still work out. Yeah. Actually, Rosie's way skinnier than me. No, I'm not way skinnier than you. But right. I'm saying I, I work out for the... Keep Toning the muscles. To be strong. Yeah. No, I should. I should. Yeah, I should probably hit the gym again. <clears throat> So it's been a week. It's and, been a week. Uh, and so what's going on in life? I have some news. Okay. It's actually kind of juicy. Juicy news. It's not the plastic surgeon himself okay. that is in trouble. Boo. Okay. It is his wife. Boo. What'd she do? So I, and I remember reading about this when it happened a couple of years ago, I think. Okay. Whenever it happened. Yeah. September 2020. Okay. So there's a, an L.A. plastic surgeon that has a burn center, famous burn center. I think his dad started it even. Okay. And, you know, he's a socialite, him and his wife. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she was having an affair with an ex-Dodgers pitcher. Okay. Good for her. Named Scott Erickson. So this is uh, Dr. Grossman and his wife, Rebecca. Okay. So Rebecca was having an affair with this. Uh, okay former baseball player guy. We're, we're talking in their late 50s. Oh, People okay. in their late 50s. It's not like young spring chickens. Anyway, they had a boozy lunch. Mm-hmm. And then they were racing down the street, her and her lover. And apparently they careened out of control and hit a family that was crossing the street. Oh, no. Two boys. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's terrible. She's charged with second degree murder. So that, you read it. So this happened three years ago. Or yeah, that, almost. Yeah, almost three years ago. Well, that's, two and yeah, that's no, three awful. years ago. It happened three years ago. Okay. I remember when it happened because it involved a plastic surgeon. Right. Well, but I didn't know that they were actually going to charge her until they looked into the details. So they of, just charged her recently. I think so. From three years ago. I think she's just going to trial now. Oh wow, that's mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. That's very two, sad. Two boys, eight and eleven. Oh, mm-hmm. that's horrible. It said that the it said one of the I think the dad was. Mm-hmm. Struck and went 254 feet. How fast were they going? 81 miles an hour. Yeah, they deserve to be charged. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, I saw pictures of them going into court and the husband is standing by his wife and they're holding hands. What? Yeah. That's 
Well, yeah, here's a here's a picture. What does she know? Well, there's a picture from 2011. I don't know what they. What she they knows look like something. <laughs> she knows something. That's not like a man to stay by a woman who a cheats and b kills two people. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, well, this it's a developing story. It was in the uh, Daily Mail. It's yesterday. been developed. She's going to jail, and she knows something about her husband. <laughs> I, I would have to agree with Santilo. Caso cerrado. <laughs> he dicho. What does that mean? Like it's been decided. It's case been decided. Closed. Case closed. Case closed. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So well, we'll we'll keep that. Okay. Well, we'll on our we'll keep watching that story. Mm-hmm. Isn't Tom supposed to have a like trial hearing this week or something? Oh Tina? yeah. Let me see. <laughs> no, it's not that. These I, are these are my two researchers, guys. You know when we started this podcast, I wasn't even in it. That's so true. <laughs> I wasn't even in the podcast. I was just sitting in the corner watching. And I just was piping in with some details. And all of a sudden, I'm the one who has to research everything. I could not imagine this podcast without you. <laughs> you know what you got yourself into when you laid in bed with two ADHD motherfuckers. <laughs> I, I have ADHD, you, you make your too. bed, you lie in it. Your ADHD is very functioning. <laughs> I, have, I have it severely. Yours well. is high functioning. It is high functioning. Mine is like debilitating. <laughs> <laughs> like squirrel. <laughs> anyway... Uh, I can't find the specific date, but I know that Tom had a pre-trial conference, I think, coming up on the 23rd or something like that. So tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow's the 23rd. Oh, wow. But the thing is, like, these pre-trial conferences, they get rescheduled a lot. Sometimes, but no, they don't even really get rescheduled. But they're basically, like, exactly what they sound like, the pre-trial conference. So right before they actually have the trial, they, like, discuss with the judge, like, Oh, what has been accomplished in the case in terms of like discovery and what order they should be on the trial docket or whatever. And then this, the judge sets them up. So he should be going to trial anytime now. Like usually the pre-trial conference is like one to three weeks ah, from, from the so actual we're, trial. We're, we're almost there. Yeah. So let's They're find ready. out the date so we can take a field trip and well, go listen <gasps> in on the trial. Yeah. Could we? If well, it's a Monday... Can. Well, but we, we have to fly to Tampa. It's really quick. Yeah. The thing is that these trial dockets. Oh my god, I'm gonna get like sucked. Wait up. a minute, he, I don't just see us. No, we're just we're, we'll hide in the back. We'll hide in the back <laughs> yeah. with a with a kind of with a costume with mask. Cameras. Yeah, with cameras. Well, Santina, he won't know. He won't know me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they have internet. Maybe in jail. Maybe he's seen us. But no, these, these, <laughs> I like, think he's focused on his. Who knows that the guy? Death penalty, I hope. So once his trials, this like if they go onto this trial docket, like basically there'll be like ten different cases on the trial docket, yeah. and then you won't like you have to call. They give you a list, right? And you have to call like the judge's assistant to be like, are they still ruling on this trial? And that's how you find out when trials begin. Really? Like you don't have like a set date. You have to literally call either like the law firm of the case before you and be uh-huh. like. Are you guys still in oh, court? Oh, I see. Because a lot of these cases, they like... They don't know how long they're going to take. No, like they have a set amount of days, but they'll either like take a plea in the middle of the, uh, of the, the trial. And then everything moves up. Yeah. Okay. Or they'll Fair take enough. A, they'll take a plea right before the trial. Right. So then you're like, you thought that you were five, but now you're like two. Right. So we won't know. Right. Okay. Well, well we can we'll at least keep, see what we'll where he gets on, on the docket. Rosie, do you have a story for us today? No. I was waiting for you guys to come up with one. I have one. <laughs> I have no plastic surgeon in Miami <laughs> murdered by social media assistant <laughs> in podcast room. Cases developing as we speak. 
So, yes, I have, I have a story. Go ahead. It happened last, almost about a year ago. I think you brought it up in your news minute. Okay. This happened in Mexico in March 2023. All right. Latavia McGee uh-huh. from South Carolina. She was going to Matamoros. I don't know what ah, the, the Matamoros, Matamoros in Ma- Mexico. In Mexico. Matamoros, Tama, Tamalipas. That's the state. And I'm at, I'm Matamoros for a tummy tuck. I don't know the doctor she was going to see. They don't list that anywhere. But this was Does her, it matter? <laughs> no, she never made it. So she was going to tell she was going to Mexico for a tummy tuck. Um, her second time. This is her second time going to this doctor. Oh. Um, what you have before, do you know? No, it didn't say. She okay. said this is her second surgery. She had a great experience and result from the first one. And she decided to go again to Mexico from South Carolina to get a tummy tuck this time. So, you know, the medical tourism of Mexico is a big business. Huge. Well, billions. Yeah, a lot of people go you know, to Mexico because they could get cheaper surgery. And I was also reading that because also for a lot of a lot of people who like their BMI is too high or they have other they have issues that like U.S. plastic surgeons will not operate on them. The Mexican doctors have less. They'll stringent, take the chance. They have less stringent requirements, so a lot of people will go there for that too. Right. It's like eight billion dollars a year. I, yeah. I looked it up. So yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people go to Mexico. It's a really big business. And even after the story, it hasn't. It hasn't gotten that much less. Um, <laughs> so. This is the one with the where the yes. gang members. Yes. So oh yeah. Latav- crazy. Latavia McKee and her three closest friends. Well, a cousin and two friends. So Zindel Brown, Shaid Woodard, and Eric Williams go with her to have the surgery in Mexico. So the three of them drive from South Carolina. They cross the border. You know what else? But before I get to it, they said it's a big business now because what? of the medical tourism. There's a lot of recovery houses there now. So there's like these nurses who they go back and forth like 100 times a month to get the patients from Mexico to bring them back to their recovery house on the border in Texas. In America? In America. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so these, so her three, her cousin, two friends, and her, they get in their car in her white minivan. She crosses the border and she gets lost and loses her cell service. She doesn't know where she is. She's trying to figure out like where the doctor's office is. Trying to remember. She's late for her appointment, and then they kind of, I guess, make a turn down the wrong street. And wow, all of a sudden, that's how it happened. Yeah, and then they're in a they're in a they're in a like a neighborhood ruled by a cartel. I don't know which cartel, but one of the cartels. And they were they all of a sudden they get shot at. Their car gets stopped, and there's bullets flying everywhere. And the Latavia Eric Williams was driving, and he kind of like blocks Latavia from getting shot. The other two get shot and killed. <gasps> oh my god! Eric Williams gets shot in the leg. And then the cartel people just drag them out of the car, put them in their pickup, and start driving. Well, they went down a wrong street. That's it. Yeah, they were just lost. They didn't. Know, I, she didn't know where she was. She got lost. But what's the point of that from the so, cartel's perspective? Wow, it was a mistake. So basically, oh, they they fuck. they think that because she was like a woman driving with three men, that they mistook them for a rival cartel or drug traffickers uh-huh. that were like infringing on their neighborhood. Right. So they just so they shot at them, and then they take them to the they take them to the they take them to uh, in a pickup truck, and then sh- while they're driving, so there's two friends. So he's con- Eric Williams is conscious. He's the one who shot on the legs. The other two are unconscious, shot. So while they're driving, 
She was. She was also shot. You said no. She wasn't. She really? was shot. Oh, because he was blocking. He her. blocked her. Oh, nice. But another, long. another, a woman on the street was shot. A Mexican, Arely Pablo Cervalo, thirty-three-year-old Mexican woman on the street where they were was shot also in was the crossfire. Was she okay? No, she was killed. <gasps> what? Yeah, she was killed. So they, so as the truck was pulling away from the shooting. She's the only one who wasn't injured, so she tried to escape from the pickup truck. She ran, she like jumped out of the car and ran towards a fence, but the fence was too high and she couldn't climb over it, and the gate was locked. So the people, they forced her, they beat her, forced her back in the truck. The four Americans were taken somewhere, accosted by more men with guns, and threatened them and then asked them if they were, like, they started questioning them, like, who do you work for? What's your drug trade? In English like, or like, huh? this, One of them, uh, no, I guess in Spanish. Do they speak Spanish? One of them spoke Spanish, but he was killed. So I don't know if she, maybe she knew a little bit of Spanish or she just said, I, I, she said she didn't know what they were talking about. She's here for surgery. So I think that they kind of realized they're like, oh, oh shit, fuck. what do we do? And then, and then they were, they looked confused. They took Latavia, Eric, and the two other friends, her cousin and the friend that were only conscious. They took them to a clinic. So they started to stitch up. Mr. William, Eric Williams was shot on the leg, so they were trying to stitch him up. The other two, they saw that they were just dead. The they looked at, they weren't moving, they were conscious. So the two, the other two were dead, That's and they so stitched sad. up Eric. It had to have been a mistake. Yeah, and then after the, this makeshift clinic, they were driven to this other location where she also tried to escape again. She was able to grab a phone from one of the guards, and she said she repeatedly called nine one one. And she didn't want to speak because she thought the cartels listened. In. Is is nine one one the same thing know. in Mexico, or is it like one hundred one? I have like no idea. One 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 or something. I don't know. Okay. She called. She called the police. She says nine one one, but I don't yeah. know what she called. She called the police several times, and she said she was afraid to speak. She just like di- kept dialing and hanging up because she thought maybe the cartel listens into the police phone calls, which is pretty smart to yeah. think of. <laughs> She's probably yeah. right. Yeah. So she just thought if she kept calling and hanging up, that they would like the police right. would. But come. they didn't know that she had a phone. She stole a phone from somebody. Damn. She didn't have her own phone. Okay. And cool. then and then her last attempt to flee, she came, she spotted an empty vehicle outside the place they were being held and she found the keys inside and she basically dragged Eric, the, her friend who was shot on the legs, into a vehicle and she just started driving and then she was spotted and they shot at her again and they were taken back to the room. So basically they held him in a room like her, Eric, and with her two dead friends with the dead bodies. It's crazy. She's How many so days were the, was she in captivity? Four days. <gasps> She's so brave. And then they finally the Mexican police. They arrived. caught her again after she got into that car. Yeah. Why? Like how? She they, didn't drive. She drove, but they were shooting at her. I mean the cartel. Yeah. Plus they didn't. I mean she didn't know where she was going, so she was just driving. So they yeah, she just, could she could have accidentally driven into she said it was very, the rival cartel gang. She said it and was, they shot. They shoot her too. She said it was very rough terrain, and they just started shooting at her. And then the Mexican police arrived. Oh, wow. I'm and surprised. They were, and they were brought um, Latavia, Eric Williams. They were found on March 7th in a wooden shed surrounded by farmland on the edge of Matamoros. And a couple of hours later, the two survivors were in the custody of the U.S. officials. And then they also brought, a few days later, they brought the dead bodies of their friends. Wow. But and, when, when the police showed up, were the cartel members there? They arrest. There was one guy guarding them that they arrested. Yeah. And then... A few, like a f- couple of days later, just like on the border, they had five tied up 
people from the cartel that the cartel delivered with an apology letter. Yeah, I knew really? it. They said they said that they were the they wrote a letter in Spanish that this was a mistake. Yeah, and that they said we asked the public to be calm. We are committed that the mistakes caused by indiscipline won't be repeated, and that those responsible to pay, no matter who they are. So they basically the people who fucked up the cartel gave them over because they fucked up because they don't really mess with americans but then this caused like a whole controversy yeah, in mexico. Not, like i said it's an eight billion dollar a year business yeah. or whatever for mexico plus but then this started controversy in mexico because the Mex the mexicans are like we get kidnapped all the time in the cartel and the mexican police do shit for us yeah they were like what the fuck <laughs> yeah. like they were so like Oh, we have to be American for the Mexican police to care about us? Yeah, yeah pretty much. I was going to say, I feel like the Mexican, I like, I'm not even sure her calls are the reason the Mexican police came. Like, I bet the cartel were like, we yeah. fucked up. We have these Americans. Yeah, bro, no, I'm sure it was. They realized that they totally fucked up. They just got innocent Americans who had nothing to do with the drug business. They were really shitting bricks. Yeah. You could tell the moment they took him to go get his leg patched, they knew they <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. They're like, oh, no. <laughs> and then... <laughs> you're just... I have this like weekend at Bur weekend at Bernie's kind of <laughs> image in my head where they're like putting the guy's head straight like yeah no they're like, just like don't die crazy oh my god and they said that's so terrible the poor friend oh, what a terrible you know what's even um, also crazy Eric Williams yeah was there and his wife had no idea she was he was going okay that's like a separate <laughs> no she that's said, such so like it says, separate tea. it says McGee's McGee's mother the, Latavia's mother said that how are they? Daughter, how her, do they know each other? So they're just all friends. Apparently, really close friends with South Carolina. She brought her cousin Shaheed, and I think these were his two friends or so. I don't know. It's a little sketch. Um, That's a road trip. So how old are they? How old are they? Uh, thirty must be something. Thirty. Getting a tummy tuck. I think she's thirty. She's thirty-four. So Brown, Zindel Brown was twenty-eight. Yeah. Woodard was thirty-three. McGee was thirty-four, and Mr. Williams. Mr. Williams was 38, Eric Williams. So it says that uh, McGee's mother said after her daughter's rescue said that there is a God and that her daughter was devastated of seeing two people she loved as they died in front of her. And That's then terrible. Williams' wife, Michelle, said she had no idea her husband was going to Mexico, but told the South Carolina news outlet that she had an overwhelming sense of relief that he was expected to make a full recovery after undergoing surgery for bullet wounds to his legs. Wow. And then Zendel Brown, which is the one of the friends that died, her his sister said that she her brother didn't even want to go. He oh, was like, man. he went reluctant reluctantly after repeatedly warning them against the trip. So sad. Yeah. Oh. So I mean, this was. Uh, so what's the lesson here? I don't know what the There's lesson is. Not always is. a lesson. There's just it's just a terrible, like crazy story about just. People going on a road trip to Mexico to get surgery. And it wasn't even like it was her second time going. It wasn't like, you right. know, like she knew she already had an experience there that went well. And then she went there. She said she's never going to be okay. No. Yeah. She's like, she's she's two people she's died. traumatized for life. She's got PTSD. Yeah. Two people died. And not that you're the, the reason, but like they're here for you, like for your surgery. Right. They were doing you a favor. Yeah. Keeping you company. It brought up a lot of like controversy in the U.S. to, you know, you know, there's a, like a whole thing going on about having military, treating the cartels as terrorists and having the military involved to go and, and fight them and everything. So well, one of these, that kind of brought one, that up One of these too. countries in South America, I think it's El Salvador. Didn't they just, was it El Salvador that they just, I'm asking you like, you know, 
that they just like they look it up. They 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 <laughs> they basically declared war on their gangs, on the MS thirteen or whatever, and they arrested sixty thousand gang members and they keep them in this giant super prison and they just built a bigger super prison and the death the murder rate dropped down to below the murder rate in the United States. It was it was the deadliest country in the world, like per capita murder. Oh wow. And in one year it's now like one of the lowest in the Western. Well, hemisphere. yeah, there are some people in the U.S. who want to treat the cartels as like a terrorist enemy. Uh, use, I feel like use they, the military against them. Yeah, that because that's worked so well in every other country that it did. It, it worked in El Salvador. Did it work in? I uh, think it's. I think it's El Salvador. Did it work in Afghanistan? Let me see. Well, that was a different war. But I'm saying, like, can we just leave them alone? Like, let them deal with their own cartel. Well, it's, the problem is, is that. The but, cartel brings a lot of drugs into America and the overdose rate in America. The deaths from overdose is crazy high. Like a lot of 100,000. You know who I bet they're working with? Americans. <laughs> like, of course. But yeah. I'm saying, like, arrest those people. You arrest their connections. Here, it says right here. P opinion. This Washington Post. Lesson from El Salvador. People prefer safe streets to human rights. And, yeah, they've incarcerated. Uh, here, the country with the highest murder rate now has the highest incarceration rate. And they're safe. They're, they, El Salvador claims zero murders committed for a year after gang crackdown. Yeah, well, it's convenient. Of their you should see how they that. keep these. You should got to keep these gang members, though. It's it's like, it's like that. Yeah, Holy not shit. great. There's thousands That's of them. Terrible. Thousands of them. Oh wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and they built this huge mega prison, like state of the art, to house the, the gang members in there. How did they not? They didn't fight back because the gangs have like they did. They, they came have with, like they military with, weapons. They too. came with the whole army. They can't fight tanks and. I feel like the Mexican cartels can. They might, but you just bring more. <laughs> I mean, El Salvador is a small. It, it, they had to. They had to arrest like sixty thousand people, so they brought yeah. like, you know, well, the full weight of the army. Yeah. And government and the police and well, that, everything on this gang. I don't think that work in Mexico because the Mexican government is. I'm sure the El Salvador, like the Salvadorian government, is also corrupt, because all those like the death rate dropping. Where are they getting those stats from? The government that benefits from saying that? No, but I'm I'm not saying. I don't I mean, know. The I just I, 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 I've just, never been to El Salvador. I'm just. I'm saying it's, you what a, I read it's like here. a huge part of their economy. It's not just like. Oh, you mean the drug trafficking? Yeah, like yeah. if they got rid of it. Well, they also uh, didn't mean to do this. Like this is obviously a fuck up. Yeah, no, it was. This was like a. Yes, they wrote a letter of apology. And they and they surrendered people. They did. They gave up the people who fucked up. They were like, we really... I mean, it's a terrible, terrible situation. Yeah. I well, think probably the lesson is... Well, be careful when you go to... Especially in Matamoros, I think is listed on one of the like places that yeah. there's heavy cartel <laughs> activity. Really? Yeah. Well, well, this is what I always, what I always hear is like, if you're going to go get plastic surgery in a different country... You need to be with someone who's from that country, or like not just from that country, but like from that specific area. So you know, not what just because what to avoid. Not yeah, I mean, not just uh, terrain wise, because you know what streets to go down and what streets not to go down. But it's also like, if someone's from that area, then they know like what surgeons are good, like right. where what places are legit, like what prices sound correct. You know, like they can yeah. understand like the schemey ways. I agree. Just a part. Totally apart from going down the wrong street, like yeah. in general, if you're going to go to a country that you don't know and you don't speak the language, 
you need to have like a guide or the or the neighborhoods yeah or the cartel lay of the saying, land like, even like boil it down to like miami like when people come here and they're like walking like they stay let's say midtown or something and they just start going like way too west i'm like you don't know where you're going or like if they stay in downtown you keep going and you're like in overtown are you saying the the prostitute hotels on biscayne boulevard are not good places to stay when you come well, i'm town? saying like they don't know like because once like miami's being gentrified so like one street is like the hottest street in the world right now like there's a club that are not and the next yeah. street is overtown it's like sinbad motel like there's well, literally a motel called you, sinbad santina had an idea to make an app like safe to walk yeah like, so you know like I had a lot of, lot of liability there yeah <laughs> there's a lot of liability in general in that whole in that whole app but like i feel like it should be like do you know ways the the yes. app. Like it tells you like, oh, cop coming up. Right. It and should be like, oh, mugger. No, it should be like random cartel gang shooting. No, it should here. be like, I've lived in Miami for twenty five years. I personally wouldn't walk down that street from hours, blah 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 blah. It's a good idea. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like I wouldn't go down there and I'm from here. It's a good idea. Plus another thing I learned from this story is um I old school map quest out the directions. Printed. In case you lose service. In case you lose service. Do you that do happened that? to me. No, once. I don't. But it's a good idea. Yeah, that happened to me once when I was in in Tallahassee, and bro, that North Florida, like in those like that Florida <laughs> Georgia line, there's these people that live on like acres of land. Oh yeah, and there's no lights, there's no street lights, like their property is like miles and miles long. Like yeah, no one will ever find you. You'll be buried in a drum and in like they, one of the 60 gallon drums. And those people, done. when they see your car that they've never seen in their whole fucking life, yeah. be scared. And that happened to me and my dad. We were driving down this like dirt road. I got lost, whatever. It was nighttime. There was literally no lights. And my dad was free. And like we had no signal. And my dad was like, Tina, I cannot believe it. You have to take the highway. Why are we taking the back? Like he was getting crazy. And I was like, I know. I was like shitting my pants. Yeah. Because those are the motherfuckers that are like, don't tread on me. <laughs> you, mean, you mean they shoot first and ask questions later? Yeah. Like or what? Like the cartel. What, what's that law in Florida? Like, you stand your ground? Stand my ground, yeah. Where they use any chance to use that fucking law. I'm like, I'm just a girl. <laughs> I'm just a girl in the world. My map's yes. not working. All right, guys. See, that's why you should you carry, should, you should carry you should. with you just a small American flag. You can just put on the top of your car. <laughs> For <laughs> I come in peace. <laughs> I'm just. I need to get. Don't, don't tread on me, flag. You I need to get a, no. I need to get a megaphone. That's just. Like, I'm just lost. Yes. Don't shoot. You know. It, I'm just lost. Don't shoot. There's been a couple of cases in the last couple of years where people got shot just pulling into the wrong driveway. Yeah. Yeah. I know. People a little bit overzealous standing their ground. All right. Well, there you have it. This is this week's episode of Crime and Plastic. Be careful where you travel. Always take a local. Take a local. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Great week.